Ladies and gentlemen, I'm in a dressing room. Oh my word, a dressing room I've been in with many stars and now I'm in here with a new star. We did a, an interview a long, long time ago and because of that I started to become friends. The interview was very dark. It was a dark side of somebody now who is being loved by the British public. He's absolutely tearing the empire apart well he's going so we finished the empire and we're in his dressing room because he's on tour he's doing all sorts i'm talking about james because i love the name james and it's the vivian hello my love did How you like the introduction <laughs> i did yeah can you believe that must be that's got to be six years ago yeah. Yeah. six years ago yeah you are on the biggest role do you pinch yourself Every morning, yeah. Just for the fact I get to work with these people that I'm working with every day and sing songs, that, you know, from a, a man that I've adored, Mr Andrew Lloyd Webber. Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber, yeah. yeah? I mean, yeah, yeah. just crazy. And then, yeah, walking out onto the Empire stage, so, so special, because I've seen countless shows here. Um, and, you know, it's the biggest theatre. It's bigger than the Palladium. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've filled it and made it the most successful Christmas show that the Empire's ever seen. I mean, it's crazy. Crazy. There certainly isn't a recession up here. They've been paying the money for the <laughs> they tickets. Find, they find the money somewhere. <laughs> Have you been pinching yourself over your success? Because it's all changed. You think of it, by the way, the groundwork you've done has made you who you are. Yeah, well, I, I, even now I just continue to go, it's my job, it's my work. I feel no different from walking into the Superstar Boudoir seven nights a week in town for the, the Scousers listening that know it. Um, you know, the gay bars, it feels exactly the same. I come in on time, I do my job, I respect the people around me and do it to the best of my ability. And yeah, I'm aware that it's this is a much bigger stage than the stage in the Superstar Boudoir, but it's just that same ethic, you know, it's, it's just on a bigger stage. But also to a script. Also to a script, yes, which was... Um, I can't remember the last time I had to learn a script of this. You know, I had to learn lines for Emma Dale and stuff like that. But this is a thick old script with um, a lot of lines. Let's go back, uh, Viv, and let's talk about how it changed. Was it Rue? Oh, yeah, it was It was Drag Race for so sure. So talk about it. Yeah, so as as I said, work, work in the, the clubs in Liverpool since I was 16. Um, and then, you know working seven nights a week in multiple venues to the point where I was so tired and I just thought I knew there was some there I knew there was a bigger world out there than the nightclubs um so I wanted to work on comedy and and singing and stuff like that so then I started touring in the in you know going to different gay gay venues in different cities Birmingham Manchester all over and then Grand Canaria uh and then obviously the auditions for RuPaul came about and I threw my hat in the ring first thing. You know, a lot of queens in the UK were like, oh, we're not sure about the first season. We'll see how it goes. I was like, no, first season, because if it, if it takes off, people always remember the first. Um, so then that was it. And then, you know, won the show. And then just all of these offers keep coming in. And it, it feels like yesterday. I can't, it's been, it's been nearly five. I mean, season five's just finished. So I was season series one. Let's go back to Rue. We see what we see on camera. How much hard work is in it that we don't see on that? Oh, so much hard work. I mean, from the minute you get the the yes, you're on the show, you have three weeks to get together 15 different full outfits from the ground up. That's wigs, costume, shoes, jewellery, accessories, everything. I mean, it's you don't sleep. 
you just it's constantly speaking to designers, speaking to wig stylists, making your own stuff. And then, you know, you get there, you have two days to film one episode and that. So it, it's 13, 14 hour days. Then you get back to the hotel, you're learning a, a song or writing a song or writing a script or writing a comedy piece. Uh, so you're running on two hours sleep sometimes if you're lucky. So do they feed you on what's going to happen? So do you roughly know what's happening? Yeah, I mean, you, you get... The only things you get, you don't know what challenges you're going to do, so whether it be acting or singing. You do know, the only thing you go in there knowing what you're going to be doing is what you're going to be wearing on the runway that week. So, the, you know, some themes from my series was Great British Weather or a leather runway. or You know, so that you, you'll get armed with that, but apart from that, you're going in blind. So that was Rue. When you won, can you remember the feeling? I mean, it's mad. I mean, everyone also knows now as well. This used to be such a, a tightly guarded secret, but they filmed two or three endings. Purely the fact they don't want it to leak because they used to film one ending, that was the winner, and then it'd leak and it was ruined. So now they film three, so even if it leaks, you might know who the top three is, but you still don't know who's won until it airs, including us. So you're sat there in that room, there's me, Davina, Bagger. Bagger knew she wasn't in the top two at that point and then you wait and they say the name so you find out with the rest of the public um it's i didn't think i was gonna win i, I was really yeah i was convinced because it, it felt like the public and social media love was going towards yeah you know, me as but more to the point you know you'd see votes who do you want to win and it was it was all for davina um, and she would have been a, a very worthy winner so I, I i was checked out of the fact i thought i've not won i've had a lovely time and then rue said my name and i was just there's a clip somewhere on YouTube of, of the reaction and it's, I just burst into tears and, yeah, it was just unbelievable. Did you know about Rue before it came to England? Oh, yes. I was a massive fan of Rue for years. You know, I'm a big fan of learning your history of drag, like anything, and I think so many people nowadays don't learn the history of either their community or their, you know, even their profession. You know, there were so many, you know, RuPaul, obviously huge in the 80s and, one of the you know the first ever face of Mac Cosmetics, and that's crazy to think of now that the first ever face celebrity face of, Ru of Mac Cosmetics was RuPaul. You know, and then we obviously had Danny Larue, and then of course Lily, um, and just the, these amazing names that came way before us. I was well aware of RuPaul, so meeting him for the first time was phenomenal. So when did it sink in that you'd won? When it, oh, I don't know. It's it funny because you, you win and then you go back to the hotel, you go to sleep, you go home. I think it was maybe the next day when I'm sat on BBC breakfast morning, news, BBC news sat there a few hours after it. You know, we've been out all night, obviously, and then having to get to the BBC at like 3am or 4am um, and then being interviewed and, and it's like, oh... OK, this has happened. Life's changed. And did you have an agent in place at that time? I did. Um, my agent at the time was um, Luke Mills, who is still my friend. He's, he's now the owner of Box Underwear. Um, um, we went our separate ways because he was concentrating on his, on his um, business, which took off and he's done so well. So I'm now with Simon Jones, um, who's an amazing... You know, he's been with Anton Zek for 25 years and Little Mix and One Direction. I knew he was, you know, I knew he was the man for the job. And he's and again, we've just become such good friends. So it's like, it's not working. You know, he comes and stays at my house. We go to the theatre and then, and then we talk business. It's, it's a really nice. So he, he's, he's been pivotal in... Indefinitely, my TV career. So you're involved with the decisions as well. It's not just management and artists. Oh no, of course he's he's you know I I have the final say with everything. You know he'd never push me to do anything. So certainly sometimes I'll go oh I don't really he's like Vivian come on and I and then he'll talk me into oh no this is really the good I really should do this um, because it's hard work it is hard work as well doing drag you know like a 
anyone. I'm would. a stand-up comic, so stand-up comic, stand-up comic. I just go in, take my jacket off, put it on. Tell me about drag. Yeah, well, the amount of time... I've been on Lorraine maybe six times and Good Morning Britain and all this, and it's one of them where the call comes in and I go, yay! Oh, God, I've got to be up at 2am in London to start my makeup at 3, to then be camera ready for 7, and then go on air for maybe three minutes and then take it all off. So the amount of times I go, Simon, I think I should do this interview out of drag. And he's like, no, you're... you're your career is Vivian, which it fully is. Um, but I would like to, you know, to use Paula Grady as a, an example. I'd love to present out of drag. And, and you know, because drag is, you know, yeah. d- certainly doesn't have a shelf life. I mean, RuPaul's 63 and still the biggest drag queen in the world. Um, but I think it would be nice sometimes, like you said, just to come in, hang your coat up and walk on well, stage. Well, I've said to you, I've said to you as a friend that you will be the same as Paula Grady. You will know when it's time to hang the frock up. You really will. And with a good management behind you, that is amazing. So I'm excited about that. People don't realise how hard it is to put that makeup on, do they? It is, but it's, it's kind of nice. When I got booked for Wizard of Oz, um, this amazing show, they said so... You know, I was, I was very adamant I want to do my own makeup. Dancing on ice, I did my own makeup, used all my own wig stylists. Because for me, it's, it's sitting in front of that mirror for an hour and a half, two hours, three hours sometimes. And that's when the character comes out and it's your your. You become to, Vivian. Yeah, and you get your chance to zone in on the situation and concentrate and then you become in the zone and then you're ready to walk on stage. I, I think I'd probably take... It'd take a lot of getting used to to walk in and then, like you said, maybe just throw some water on your face, go out, go out and do it, yeah. um, without some sort of costume. So if it's acting, I think James would still have some a lot more costume. Um, yeah, it's definitely a. And it is difficult, isn't it, with makeup? And makeup's not cheap. You can get deals and all that, but people don't realise that really is. I'm looking at you now. You just come off stage in Oz. Uh, it was the last time at the Liverpool. You're out now on tour after this. It's unbelievable, the makeup, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And this, because obviously I play two, if you've seen the show or the film, I play two characters in the show. The first one, Miss Gulch, she's in the first scene, um, which is the old lady on the bike and she wants Toto. And then I have 13 minutes to run backstage and get green. And then in a two show day, then take it all off, do it all again. So, so I spend my whole, you know, the, the rest of the cast get, you know, an hour and a half lunch. I probably get 25 minutes because I've got to come on, take this off, do it again, eat some food, go back down. The big question is, how do you look after your skin? Oh, I use, so I use Elemis, who always look after me. Elemis Beauty Balm to take my makeup off because it leaves a lovely residue on. And then a good bit of Clarins and some Zoe skin and lots of water. Lots of water. Now, you transformed uh, Dancing on Ice. You transformed as a person. You lost weight. You look incredibly hot. Can I say that as an older <laughs> man? You look incredibly hot. What made you pick Dancing on Ice? Uh, oh, I was I was in America on tour, and again, Simon phoned, and I'd been for an audition the year before, and for whatever reason, I didn't fit in with the cast that year, so then just forgot about it. And then I got a call out of the blue. They went, they've just offered you a dance on ice. You've got it. And I was like, oh, my Lord. And then obviously, you just question, should I do it? Will I be rubbish? Will I hurt myself? Because there's been a lot of injuries on there. Um, but then you, you look at the positives. It's like you're 12 weeks primetime TV. You're going to meet the most amazing people. I'm going to learn a new skill, which I've always wanted to do. 
going to wear fabulous costumes and it was one of the best experiences of my life now maybe par with Wizard of Oz just meeting Colin Colin my, my partner who was just mad. you mean rock. is that the poser on Twitter ah. who always sends photographs of himself <laughs> half naked or he's well, always if you've, he's if a you've, poser if you've got it flown oh it. absolutely but he was my absolute rock yeah. through that whole thing we became such good friends um, and despite the rumours in the papers you know there was never anything between us Um but we still talk now. We still go skating now and again. And, and can't you and be honestly... can't you be friends with a gay man without having you? <laughs> exactly, oh, exactly. Uh, I'm sure everyone downstairs in the foyer is already talking about me and you. <laughs> well, yeah, I would make a good sugar daddy. I've got and a few, Bob. And of course, Claire Sweeney this <laughs> Claire year Sweeney, yes. is with Colin. Yeah. And and one of my big things this year was like I don't want to watch Dance of the Nights again because I missed it so much and loved the experience so much. I was dreading seeing the new cast and yeah. seeing Colin having. And then when I found out it was Claire, yeah. a friend of both of ours. I was like, this is perfect, because now I can watch and enjoy. Was the bonus losing weight? Did you think about that? I didn't think about it until I saw it dropping off, because you're, you're training six days a week for, I mean, for something like 14 hours a week. Um, yeah, 14 hours a week. So it started coming off, and then I'd, it was... And then my mum was like, are you eating? I'm like, mum, I'm training <laughs> every day. I'm eating like a pig, but it's... Yeah, so I lost five and a half stone. I think I lost... Yeah, about five and a half stone and then six total, and then fell in love with the gym again from Colin. He had me he had me doing ab workouts every night, stretches, and then I'd go to the gym, and then I really loved it. More for men, men, I yeah. I get a, a mental stimulation from the gym more than anything. So it keeps me busy, and it and it it kind of grounds you for the day. Was there a major problem altering the costumes? All of them? Oh, I've, do you know I've got that many costumes in my garret. All my share Bob Mackie Repula costumes. They're all they're all hanging off me. Um, when I did the Eurovision concert i went oh i'll wear that the night before put it on and everyone just laughed it was like a sleeping yeah, bag i had yeah. to get it taken in quickly that night yeah. um so i'm dreading looking in i might just sell them all and get new it'd probably be easier <laughs> well yes and they'd probably sell well being the vivian now yeah, maybe. the stars maybe oh, i've sold yeah. a few of my bits for charity you know if, if i get something i'll always do like an auction or yeah. that's great now did i hear australia and a tour yes so in may i leave wizard of oz for two weeks to do my first ever UK solo tour, which I've wanted to do forever, but just time hasn't permitted. Um, so it's just an evening with the Vivian. It's going to be questions from the audience, questions from celebs, a few songs, stories about my life. Um, question, and yeah, it's just going to be a fun night, intimate night. And then we have, I have um, an Australia tour in June, end of June, beginning of July, I think. It's on my Instagram. Yeah, so I've never been to Australia yet. I'm supposed to, but COVID stopped it. So that's going to be fun. Eight cities in in Australia. Right, let's talk about the tour first of all. Where are you working in Liverpool? I'll be doing St George's Hall. But you're doing the small one or the big one? I don't know. I hope it's <laughs> going to be the one on the side, which is beautiful, because it's like a theatre. Right. St George's Hall is monster to yeah, work yeah. And, and sound, but at the side, the concert hall is spectacular. But it'll be on the website. I should, yeah. I should, I should know. know. But not to worry, not to worry. <laughs> but are you excited or nervous about that? I'm really excited, and what I'm really excited for is it's it's completely different to anything I've done before. You know, everyone that's been to see my show for the past five, six years, or sixteen years, depending on how long you've known me, it's you know it's this, it's been the same format because I always say if it's not broken, don't fix it. But now, so many people are returning, you know, return yeah. custom. You want to give something different, and you, you know, you look at the likes of Cher and Madonna; they're still going in the seventies and Dolly because they've constantly evolved. So, um, so you're definitely thinking of the future. Seventy. Well, if, if I reach seventy, <laughs> I never thought I'd reach thirty, but here we are. <laughs> well, you changed your life around, which was a, a hell of a story. Now, the Australian, what's that about? So the Australia tour is 
if you've seen Drag Race, we do a game called Snatch Game, which is it's basically blankety blank, but you have to play a character. So that's where Donald Trump first came around, and they've asked me to do Donald Trump, so I will. I wanted to put him to bed, but... No, 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 no. He might be going for president again, you know. If he's paying Um, the mortgage, I'll I'll still do it. I saw you last work. Well, I came before you closed down at the Empire and you were spectacular. It's a great cast, a lovely company around you. It's a beautiful part to play. You must be excited about it. Oh, it's just, it's fabulous. From being a little boy, I always wanted to be the villain. I was always obsessed with the Disney villains, your Maleficent and Ursula, and then the Wicked Witch. Fabulous, the original Margaret Hamilton in, in the film. So when I got the call for this, I was like, oh, my Lord. And <clears throat> you were outrageous on the bike. That's the first. <laughs> I went, oh, oh, yes. Rides the bike well. That bike has got a mind of its own. I've, we've all, I think we're all going to put a bet on which day I'm going to end up in the orchestra pit. I saw you at the Philharmonic a while ago oh, yes. in the most outrageous <laughs> show ever. Oh. I brought a friend of mine from Singapore and I never watched you once. I watched her face because <laughs> I never told her. Explain what that show's about. Oh, so that was the haters roast. Um, and a comedy roast is basically a group of friends. Um, you, there's someone <laughs> cook. you have to be you have to be friends yeah. because the things you're saying to each other, I mean, there's, there's no holds barred. It's you, you're picking on people's weight or... Or the, if the fact if they stink, or you know, you no just no holds barred. No, you just. But it's it comes from a place of love, and if if you don't love each other in that cast, it doesn't work. You have to, you know, me and Bagger, for example, um, been very good friends for years and toured together. So we just went for each other's jugglers. But the, the audience love it because it's so different to what's because everyone's scared at the minute. We live in this world where everyone's petrified to say anything remotely. Listen, if it's offensive and it's hurting somebody then it's off limits. Why would you want to hurt somebody? But if it's for fun and you're both in on the joke, Mm. bloody go for it. I I told everyone before we went on stage, I went, go for it. Nothing's off limits. Yeah, I love you saying that. And that is a platform, but it is a a, a nightmare. The way you've worked over the years and me as a comic and a broadcaster, it is a nightmare out there, isn't it? Yeah, it's hard. It's, you know, certain things are changing for the better, definitely. Um, But, you know, I, I think I, the things I see on Twitter, I'm just like, oh, my Lord, yeah. when's this going to stop? Yeah. yeah, Couldn't agree with you more. The night I was there, one of the drag queens must have started drinking too soon and fell off the seat. <laughs> that was bagger. It was bagger. But it was genuine. No, she fell asleep. Yeah. yeah. She was absolutely... <laughs> Go and I'm saying to well, I'm saying to my friend who never, I can't tell you the face. And I went, that's that's for real. That she's definitely off. She's. It was a fabulous night, oh. but I was shocked. It was tremendous, but I was shocked. Good, money well spent. Yeah. Now with the fame, you start to lose your privacy. How do you feel about that? Um. I, I'm a very private person, so I, I'm, I'm, I don't go out much, you know, to, to nightclubs and stuff or anything else. But when you that's when you do, that's when you realise, oh, okay, this isn't just going to be a night out. It's, I don't mind. I speak to anyone. I'm always happy to get pictures with people and, and have conversations rather than just oh hi bye. But um, most people are respectful about it, you know. So I live in the middle of nowhere now. Um, but yeah, it's just one of them things. You know, you kind of know what you signed mm-hmm. up for. Did they leave you alone with the breakup? Um, yeah, and I think the only reason was is because I kind of got in there first. Me and David put out a statement of, this is it, yeah. respect our privacy, this is the facts, so anything else you hear mm. is, you know, it's, it's, it's rubbish. 
for example, you know, me and Carl enjoying dancing. It's nothing to do with that, and, and David knows that. So, yeah, but I've, I've always wished David the best. I'm always there for him. We still speak, and it's really amicable, the divorce is through. Um, and, it, yeah, it's just been... Now we're speaking on Christmas Day and still speak to his family. And No, yeah, so it's been... It's just one of those things. You, you grow, and we met in Gran Canaria, and then my life went this way, his, his life went that way, and we held on for as long as we could. But I want him to yeah. be happy, I want me to be happy, and that I, we couldn't see in five years' time how it was going to work. Yeah. So we said, well, we're still, you know just 30, go and live your life. Absolutely. I was very privileged to go down to see uh, Dancing on Ice and met some of your family who are rather lovely, rather lovely, and also private. How are they coping with your fame? Oh, my mum loves it. She won't get... Oh, I'm getting on a plane with my mum, she'll announce to everyone, you know, and I'm like, oh, mum. No, but she loves it. Because she was on an episode of Drag Race with me and she was she was named the mother, you know, me being the Vivian, I called her the mother. And then she walked the runway and I was so proud of her because she was so nervous, but then she just came out of nowhere and just owned the runway. Um, so now she loves... She gets spotted by all the gays, all the hairdressers, all the florists she makes friends with because they all go, oh, you're the mother? And she goes, oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, my dad's just embraced it you know my dad's been to see wizard of oz three times he's booked again because he's but funny because he, he would have i would have never have thought my dad to be into a musical but he's like i love this show it's a musical though that's coming to the modern age in a great way i was a bit panicky thinking it's not going to work for me because i'm a traditionalist uh-huh. but it works yeah it's crazy i mean when you think of the wicked witch coming in on a motorbike you go what but then you see it and go wow yeah. and, and the fact that she's wearing these dior kind of dior-esque gowns and she's beautiful she's got this hat it's like it's it's fabulous my biggest surprise was your voice your voice has changed it's mellowed it's have you had training yes i had one as soon as i got this i thought i've got a i need training i want to i quit smoking straight away so that's probably another reason it's changing um but yeah i just threw myself into it i thought if i'm going into this i want to be equipped with everything i possibly can i knew i could act um and i knew you know especially this character it's something i've I'd wanted to do forever, so I knew it was in me. But the, the, the singing eight, sometimes nine shows a week, um, with that big note at the end, I was like, right, I need to go in there because these are all seasoned musical theatre legends. Nick Greenshields was Phantom, and then he's been in Les Mis and Emily Bull, and it's like, yeah, mad. So I was like, oh my lord, you get imposter syndrome, don't you? You go. Well, I promise you, the voice is tremendous. How do you look after it? A good steam, a good steam every day, and drink loads of water, lozenges, and I have sweets backstage, and I live on sweets. That's great. Well, you do with you, but when you're doing shows, the energy levels you've got to, you've got to. So, what's the future for for the Vivian? Oh, the future, definitely more musical theatre. I'd love to. Um, TV, maybe film. Um, yeah, I'd love to present out of drag. Uh, I'd love a chat show. I'd love a chat show, you know, like a Saturday Night Live in America. We just don't have one over here. Um, I think it'd be amazing. A big Saturday night or Sunday night show with comedy sketches, celeb guests, and just, a, oh. yeah, and just a nice time. Any dream of writing yourself? I'd love to write, I'd love to produce, and I'd love to direct, because I think I've, I've, I'm terrible for... And it's actually it's not ruined my experience of watching films or theatre, because I love it, and I love going to the theatre. But I also, I see it once, and I see it a second time, and I go... I'd have put that there and I'd have done that and I think her costumes are this and then, oh, she'd have gone bigger so on that, that line. Yeah, yeah. And I've always felt, I've always been like that. I've always peeked behind the curtain. What do you think about the gay scene these days? Uh, Truthfully. I'll, I'll start it off by saying, in my opinion, homophobia is coming back and it's oh. alive and well. <laughs> I mean, 
Yes, very much so. Um, and if you've kept up with the news... Yeah. Um, which I wasn't going to mention, which I won't. Yeah, it's a scary world. It's a scary world we live in and we have politicians to thank for it in America, more so. But it's trickled yeah. over here as American crap always does. As much as I love America, I mean the the, the BS of politics. politics yeah. yeah, it's just a, a classic case of look over there. Oh, look, there's guns in a school over there, but that's fine. Look at that man in a dress. Oh, run, get the pitchforks. It's just wild. It's wild. And there are many, many gay people out there and trans and everybody who are Christians and want to be just normally accepted as who they are. Exactly, yeah. I, that's all we want. That's all we want. We, you know, it's, it's, it's just... It, I find a lot of homophobia comes from... And I was speaking about this with one of the cast members, Aston, I think it was. Um, you know, you'll see a, a group of guys in the street in trackies and everything else and north face gear and and f- five of them won't look at you but there's one that'll go ah look at that yeah. gay boy or f word over They're there usually the ones with the uh, problem well exactly that's the one that's probably dipping into the internet a bit do you know what i mean if, if you get yeah. my drift and they're the one that's trying to cover up their feelings and and it's internalized homophobia because of uh, uh, a denial of who who they are because it, the fear that their friend circle, their family, then suddenly not going to be that cool scally lads yeah, anymore. And by the way, uh, the listening now, the straight guys will be saying, "Oh yeah, they always say that." Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, don't flatter yourselves. <laughs> That's another thing, isn't it? It's, you're like, yeah. oh, don't yeah. come near me. I'll keep you keep your back against the wall. I'm like, oh, honey, are they still doing that line? Even, I, I'm not at my age. I'm not interested in the slightest. So don't flatter yourself. Advice for any drag queens out there who are frustrated, angry, sad, don't know where they're going, don't know what to do with their lives. Oh, just enjoy drag for what it is. It's fun, it's it's entertainment. Please don't start drag just to get on Drag Race and become famous because it's never going to work. It, yes, it might happen, but if, if that's the only reason you're doing it, then it's, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Learn your craft. I see drag queens now, they've started two minutes ago and they're like, well, where's the gigs? Where's the gigs? I'm like, oh, the first gigs are standing on a door for three years in the pissing down rain, freezing cold, selling shots. That's where, you know, it's like the theatre and you tread the boards. In all, you, and sometimes people go their whole life without doing their dream role. Um, so, yeah, just learn your craft, enjoy it and just be humble with it. I know you've never forgot your past, but can you believe standing at the door, down the road from the Empire, where you finished up starring in the Empire? Oh, it's wild. I mean, I used to DJ seven nights a week in the boudoir, and I'd remember when all the big shows came in. Wicked, for example, lovely story. Wicked came to town, and Fierro in Wicked, and all the cast came over to the boudoir, and I'm DJing, and I played some Wicked songs, because I always did, because I loved it. And then they all jumped up with me on the stage and started doing all the choreography, and I didn't know it was them. And I went, oh, my God, what's going on? They went, we're all the cast of Wicked. I went, stop it. <laughs> so we all did a show, and then, funnily enough, Fierro was Benjamin Yates, who is now the Scarecrow, with me in The Wizard of Oz at the Empire. And he is one of my favourite characters. He's fabulous. He plays it so well. He's fabulous and he's gorgeous. Easy on the eye. And Nick the Lion. Oh, my. It's a happy cast and it's a strong cast. That's what I love. It's And it works bloody hard. Everyone's amazing. Everyone's amazing and just so lovely. There's not, you know, there's there's not a bad egg. There's not one person that you think, oh, God, turn the other way. So I won't put you on the spot because you won't remember the dates or where you are, but are you looking forward to the British tour? 
Is it my one? Yes. Oh, yes. So it starts in May. If you look on my Instagram, you can um, you can see it there. I can't... It's going to be... An, it's, do you know what? I, I feel like it's going to be a catch-up with the people who've followed me for years. That's a lovely thing to say. Yeah. That's a great thing to say. Hey, I'm back. Yeah. Come on, then. Yeah. Well, I knew you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're asking questions and having fun. And it's, but relax. It's, it's, you know, it's not going to be this huge, big production like you used to. It's going to be nice. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a nice, intimate evening. Who calls you James? Only my mother. And you. And me. Yeah. My mother when I'm in trouble. Usually when, James? I've, got a, usually when I've got a new tattoo, yeah. she goes, James. Yeah. What have you That's done great. that for? I love you saying that because I'm Peter and everyone calls me Pete because it's better Pete Price. But I mean, mum used to say, you know, his name's Peter. <laughs> You've got now Viv. <laughs> no, his name's James. Yeah, it yeah. is a bit different. No, everyone calls me Viv. <laughs> everyone calls me Viv. Even when people say she'll call you James or Viv, yeah. I say everyone calls me Where Viv. did Viv come from? Vivian Westwood. Yeah, here we go. Oh, We've class. lost, sadly. Yeah. Class. Yeah, I've got a Westwood Museum in my house. Have you? Yeah, I've even got the, the last dress Pete Burns ever wore on stage on a mannequin in my house, which is a Westwood gold label dress. To finish off, do you think we're going to have a decent sort of 2024? Is it going to be quiet or is it going to be one of those? It's not going to be quiet for you because your career's gone through the roof. Yeah, certainly won't be quiet for me, which I like because I don't like to be, I don't like to sit still. Um, but I think it's going to be what you make of it. So anyone listening, it's, it is what you make of it. And I think please don't make resolutions or anything else. Just just live it. Just see what happens tomorrow because you end up breaking your resolutions. Then you start beating yourself up about it. Just <laughs> happy new year. Enjoy and let the wind take you wherever it may. I'll say thank you very much. I'm going on the yellow brick road now looking for the wicked witch. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Why not subscribe? You know it's free. So join us and tell your friends. It's great going on walks and doing whatever you want to do and then putting Pete Price on. We've got a back catalogue of over 100 interviews. Join us. Subscribe. It's free.